Have you ever wanted to travel to the spectacularly beautiful South Island of New Zealand? And if not, why not? This is the first episode in our New Zealand podcast series and I can guarantee if this part of New Zealand wasn't on your travel list, it will be after this and the next few episodes. Today though, we are taking you to one of the most stunning places in the world and that's not exaggerating. This week, join us as we travel to Queenstown and to the main ski resorts that surround this gorgeous city. Now, I know you might not be into skiing or snowboarding yourself. However, we share the best resorts for non-skiers, brand new skiers, intermediate and advanced. And when I say skiers, I'm meaning snowboarders as well. We had all the above with us on this trip from one-year-olds through to grandparents. That would be me, Nana. And if you don't want to ski, you can just watch the action from the comfort of the heated cafes. There are four main ski areas that we tell you about, Coronet Peak, The Remarkables, Treble Cone and Cardrona. Some of these areas are better for different levels and we share all those details with you. Of course, it wouldn't be a Beach Travel Wine podcast without some funny stories. And in this one, you will hear about how we nearly called it quits before we even started our first day skiing. And then, oh, Lyle's most embarrassing moment, up the top of a blue run in front of the experts. Um, anyway, listen to hear about that. <laughs> there is a whole lot more to this part of New Zealand and skiing, and we give some insight to those as well. Now, stay listening to the end to hear what is now the most popular reason people travel to Queenstown. And it actually has nothing to do with snow or mountains. So enjoy episode 74, all about Queenstown, New Zealand. And don't forget to go to the podcast description on the player you're listening on now and click the link to take you to the show notes to episode 74, where you'll see all the pictures of the snow resorts, the beautiful views, Queenstown, Monica, and a whole lot more. Cheers. And welcome to the Beach Travel Wine Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Leanne. And I'm Lyle, and this is the travel podcast for beach-loving, wine-drinking couples over 50. So if that sounds like you, grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax and listen as we go travelling the world one wine at a time. Cheers. Kia ora, Lyle. Kia ora, Leonita. <laughs> You're saying that in a um, uh, Spanish accent, even though we're in New Zealand now. Is that but, right? Um, yeah. Si, si. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I get, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so to, today, um, as I've said in the intro, we are heading off to the land of the long white cloud. Correct. Yeah. And I was thinking about it um, this morning before we recorded. You know, someone asked me what my favourite um, country is. Um, I generally go Spain. And, and then I was thinking I've actually been to Spain and New Zealand the same amount of times. And so. How many times is that? Four. Okay. Yeah. And um, or maybe it's three, just a lot of times. <laughs> and no, I think you're right. Yeah. Four times. But the thing about it is um, I love both of them. And New Zealand's up there is one of my favourites. That's why I'm, I'm so excited to talk about um, our, our holiday that we had there and our time in this part of New Zealand anyway in Queenstown because we still think, well, I think it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, the the landscape yes. and th that I think. Oh, the yeah. food, the wine, the people, the yeah, okay. nature, <laughs> and you could keep on going. But yeah. it probably, yeah. Mm. I mean, as you say about Spain, you know, it's the culture and it's mm. somewhere different. Whereas um, New Zealand's probably very similar to Australia well, we in attitude. A, we say it's across the ditch. It's we? across the ditch. Yep, yeah. yeah. and um, it's very close to home. And this holiday, um, you know, we're going to be talking, as I said in the intro, this episode, all about the the skiing in in this area. Uh, but the reason we um, are in New Zealand this year is, you know, something we've been planning for quite 
quite a number of months, if not 18 months, and that's to have a holiday with um, all the all the, my children, their, their partners and, their, and my grandchildren. So in total, we had eight adults and eight children. Now, in another episode, I'm going to be talking um, about going to this part of um, New Zealand with, with children, especially young children and all the things you can do. So we're not really going to touch on that today. Today, we are basically talking about uh, the, the ski in, in the four sort of parks, um, ski field areas around closest to Queenstown and, and Monica, yeah? Correct. All right. But first, how did we get there? Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. So the alarm is set at 4.30am in sunny Queensland and it's a, like probably a, an hour and a half drive down to the international airport. So we, we sort of got there. We took it easy. We got a coffee on the way down and we yes. probably got there about 6.30 and um, we're on flight. Uh, we flew Qantas. Qantas. <laughs> Qantas. Um, and that, that was on time for a change. So yeah. that was that was well, excellent. The thing about getting to the airport early, and because we live on the Sunshine Coast, we've got to drive to Brisbane. Now there's a direct flight from Brisbane, or a couple of direct flights. flights. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had coffee this morning. Um, direct flights, and it's a three and a half hour flight for us from, from Brisbane landing straight into Queenstown. Now, it's much easier for us to ski in, in New Zealand than it is to, to ski in Australia. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, it's uh, it's, it's mm. far more uh, convenient to, to go to New Zealand. Yeah. And um, So, we, yeah, we parked the car, heading the airport. There's a couple of the grandkids and kids there we hung out with for a while. They were on a different flight. They are on Virgin about five minutes after us. Yep. Um, but the fact we get there, I always get there early. We were straight through. You know, it was it was um, always never a line-up because I'm there before everyone else. <laughs> Anyway, so we hop on our flight. It's not the biggest plane, but it's um, it's pretty full, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's um, yeah, and just to say, look, the the security and the uh, going through uh, the Brisbane airport was was pretty good and pretty easy. And I think maybe that was because it was really early in the morning. Yeah. So, but that was easy. Uh, look, the flight over was great. Yeah. Um, although there's one little thing, I um, I always like the um, aisle seat when when we travel. Because I like to get up, walk around, go to the loo hundred times, all that sort of stuff. But uh, flying into Queenstown, here's a tip: the first tip of the day is get yourself a window seat because you will never see anything more beautiful than um, you take off here in, in, in Queensland and you're flying over the islands and the and the beautiful water, and then you get to um, the surf beaches. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get to uh, New Zealand and you are flying over snow-capped mountains and it's just divine. It's, it's rivers and it's just so beautiful. And then as you're flying into Queenstown, you're coming in through a valley, you know, over a lake and there's nothing, it's, it's so, yeah, so you're beautiful. actually you're actually flying through the mountain yeah. range. So the mountains at some point are actually above the plane. So, yeah, it's pretty special. And when this was, a, 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 I give tats off to, to Qantas, we got offered a second glass of wine. That time of the day. At that, yeah, it was, well, we took it. So yeah, okay. we can't complain. Well, we, we, well, New Zealand's two hours ahead of Australia, so we were justified it was lunchtime. I think we did We did talk about <laughs> that and we did justify it that way. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you so, remember, though, we sat down in the wrong seat. We were in aisle eight and um, it's what my pet hate is people going past where they should sit and then coming back. And anyway, so we actually sat down. And where we sat, there was no window, you know, in, in that particular row. And I'm just like, I paid for a window seat, mate. I chose it. And then I realised we're in the wrong row. So I was that person. We had to get up, eat humble pie, excuse me, excuse me, and, and go and sit in that in, a, in row eight. Yes. <laughs> and, we, and not only did we have a window, we had the three seats to ourselves. So it was perfect. Yeah, look, the, and <laughs> as I said, the flight was absolutely fa fabulous. There was mm. no turbulence or anything. 
Mm. Anyway, we, uh, we we went through security again in, in New Zealand, and that was really, really easy. Mm. No sooner we were off the plane, we were in a cab on the, you know, Think, on our way to uh, the Glebe Apartments. It takes a little bit longer if you're hiring a car, and, and um, but we, we don't. We, we hopped in a taxi, that's right, and, and did it. We headed, headed to the, the apartments. Do you want to tell us, though, before we talk about the apartments, a bit about actual like New Zealand and, and the history and, and the location and that sort of, that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah. They've, uh, the population is... Is the whole New Zealand you're talking? Yeah, the yeah. whole of New Zealand, right. both islands, so... You've got 5,232,040 people. Right. Now, interestingly, they have 26,439,111 sheep. So there is there is five sheep to every person. Now, New Zealand is an island country in the southwestern Pacific Ocean. It consists of two main land masses, the North and South Islands, and over 700 smaller islands. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. Wow. Uh, the island of New Zealand's were the last large habitable land to be settled by humans. I can imagine why. It was so far south and so small. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it they get, uh, they celebrate New Year's Eve first? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, between 1280 and 1350, Polynesians began to settle in the island and then developed a distinctive Maori culture. In 1840, representatives of the UK and the Maori chiefs signed the Treaty of Watangi, which in the English version declared British sovereignty over the islands. In 1841, New Zealand became a colony of the British Empire. Subsequently, a series of conflicts between colonial government and Maori tribes resulted in the alienation and confiscation of large amounts of Maori land. New Zealand became a dominion in 1907 and gained statutory independence in 1947. Wow, okay. Now we'll go on to Queenstown. Yeah, which is um, where yeah. we were staying. Yeah. Now Queenstown uh, urban population is 15,800. Mm -hmm. um, it's a resort town in Otago in the southwest of New Zealand, South Island. The town is built around an inlet called Queenstown Bay on Lake Wakatipu, a long Z-shaped lake formed by glacial processes and has views of nearby, nearby mountains, such as the remarkable Cecil Peak and just above the town Ben Lomond and Queenstown Hill. Now, just I'll stop you there because what Lyle's talking about, you know, it's very matter-of-fact Z-shaped lounge uh, lake with this, this, this and this, but it is absolutely spectacular isn't it oh it's picture postcard yeah like the the lake on the like queenstown is around this sort of curve in the lake and every direction you look there's a mountain range you know covered in snow the the water's flat and crystal clear there's pine trees it's magically beautiful yeah the the, the actual township it's on like a like a bay yeah. it's a small bay yeah and it's um Look, you can't describe how beautiful it no, is. And can't. even, you know, you get up in the mornings and, and you see the cloud cover, which yeah, you know, sort of you hanging see, through yeah, the valley. Yeah, and you see it, uh, yeah, hanging there. So yeah. you can see the mountains on top of the cloud yeah. cover and then you can see the lake over yeah. the cloud cover. And Leanne's taken some absolutely yeah, beautiful pics. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, this is episode 74. So, you know, go to beachtravelwine.com 
episode 74 or you know in the podcast play you're listening on now there's there's a link to this direct page where you can see all these these places we're, we're talking about all right so let's keep going sorry okay so roads began to appear around queenstown in the 1930s so under 100 years ago wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, before they were constructed the main transport from queenstown was by rivers mm-hmm. New Zealand's first commercial ski field was developed in Queenstown in 1947 at Coronet Peak. Why would someone in 1947 think to put, oh, I guess they were skiing in other parts of Europe and that sort of thing. It just astounds me how someone discovered skiing. Anyway, it was probably out of necessity rather than, um, what's the word, relaxation. Oh, more than likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the world's jet-powered na- navigation boat in mm. 1958 near Kararana, uh, sorry, Kararan Falls and a commercial bungee jump operated for the Kararan Bridge in November 1988. It's the um, the first place bungee jump everyone's ever done. Yeah, and the the first time there was a jet-powered boat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the extreme sports paved the way for how we all know Queensland today as the adventure capital of the world. Yes. Now, the capital city of the South Island is in Christchurch and it's (laughs) approximately six hours drive uh, or an eight and a half hour train trip to Queenstown. Cool. Yeah, so, you know. There's a whole lot there to to take in, isn't there? (laughs) We've uh, landed in New Zealand. We've got our taxi. Uh, oh, Queenstown, and we head to our apartments. Now, the international airport, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, maybe that's run. about, about yeah. it. It costs us 50 bucks. Yeah, but it's it's only one road sort of into to Queenstown and there's a fair bit of road works going on and a fair bit of traffic as well. So, um, yeah, you're not, not, you don't want to hurry there. And he dropped us right out the front of the Glebe Apartments, right? Correct. And... Um, now, we chose this place. I didn't choose it. Um, one of my daughter-in-law, Talia, she did all the research on uh, finding somewhere for uh, all of us to go. As I said, there's eight adults, uh, eight kids, and uh, Talia uh, didn't want to be, didn't want to ski, and, and uh, Phoebe, my, my other daughter-in-law, she wasn't going to be skiing. So they wanted somewhere where we could be close to town. And would you say this fit the bill? Oh, look, it was, it's basically the, the location um, I, as it was funnily enough, I looked at the, as I always do, the booking.com. So overall it was 8.9 mm. and location was 9.7. And you said to me on several occasions, how is it only 9.7? Yeah, so the location. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's basically we're right in the heart of the, yeah. you know, at the beautiful Queenstown. It was about a two-minute walk yeah. to, you know, the shops, the cafes, the yeah. restaurants. And I'll put a link to the Glebe Apartments in, in the show notes So because a lot of people, we've got, lot, we've got lots of questions about our trip to New Zealand and, and you know, where we stayed and, you know, because we had a big group and families and all that sort of stuff. So we'll put a link, link to that and, and some pictures on the, uh, the show notes to show, you know, because we had apartments, didn't we? And Natalie had booked four apartments and um, Phoebe, they up, they changed theirs. They upgraded theirs because um, they've got four kids and they wanted another room. And when we got there, we only had a studio apartment and we got there. What'd she say? And you have an upgrade. Yeah. And we, um, she said it was a three-bedroom apartment house, but one of the rooms was locked off. So we had the biggest room. We had no kids. <laughs> and we had a, a fireplace or a fake fireplace and uh, the, the apartment was honestly at least twice as big as our apartment at home and sure. um, we yeah. got upgraded to that. So we were full kitchen, 
you know, like it was. Yeah, um, and there was milk, and there the, was the dining table had eight chairs or something. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely huge. And yeah. I like a and quite after, a... after coming around from back from Italy, where you get no milk, no nothing in your you know your little kitchen. This this had everything. It was great, you know, biscuits, cups of tea, you know, coffee maker, all, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, and um, uh, um, a, a, an air fryer. Yeah, we used an air fryer. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah, but um, look, there is the the facilities basically. Uh, there's uh, free undercover parking, yeah. which really is important because there's very little parking around Queenstown, uh, Queenstown in itself. Uh, there's free Wi-Fi, or we can say Wi-Fi now, <laughs> yeah, free can. Wi-Fi, laundry, uh, barbecue facilities, um, lake mm. and mountain views, floor heating. Now, okay. you weren't that keen, No, in the bathroom, I, loved I, it. I hated it. The bathroom was way too I hot for me. I loved it. Yeah. And look, and the other, and the, the other benefit, yeah. It's only 22 minutes drive to Coronet Peak. Sure, yeah. And um, I think it's about 37 minutes drive to Remarkables. Yeah, so it's in, in, a, in a fabulous spot. So, But our first night, because um, we want to move on to the skiing, because we said that's what this episode's about, so we, we need to keep moving along. We're, we're reminiscing. I'm back there in that beautiful apartment sipping a Pinot Noir. But we, um, the, we arrived on the Saturday that the Matildas were playing um, and... You better describe what the Matildas, the Matildas are. Matildas are the Australian um, football team. Women's team. football yeah. team. And they were playing in the World Cup. And um, all my family are football supporters and we've been watching every game and even the kids have been to a couple of, have been to a live game before they left. So we found a, a place that was showing it at the Pig and Whistle, yes. which was like a block and a bit, so not even a five-minute walk for us. And um, we booked a table for 16. And when we got there, we were shown upstairs in the pool table room yeah. And we had like one high table and a couple of little tables and I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. But actually it was fun and the kids watched the others play pool and once the once the game started, you know, everyone's focus was on that. We had a great big screen right in front of us. So it was it was, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? And it yeah, was look, it wasn't ideal, but the fact that they fit, did fit us in. Oh, at the last minute. At really, really mm-hmm. last minute because we, we went down in the afternoon to see if, if we mm-hmm. could get a table and they said yes. And we went back a couple of hours later. And look, the guys playing pool, you know, most of them had a few drinks. They've obviously been skiing all day and they've come in and they're getting amongst it. But they were friendly. And, yeah. and I couldn't believe Charlie. He was just mesmerized watching the game. And, and, the, and, the, and the young blokes were really, really friendly. I met Stephen and he was probably the ringleader of the, of the crew. And he was a very, very funny guy and uh, he liked the ladies. I, I, I did see that. But anyway, as Lan said, there was this huge screen in front of us mm. and it was the World Cup semi-final and I think we were playing the Netherlands and um, the... It went to full time. Yeah, it went to full time. And it, Matilda's time. won. But it went extra, to extra time. Yeah, it went to extra time. And then penalties. Like. Yeah, seven. It, they won seven, six penalties and there was ten penalty kicks each. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's, that. well, it's the most in history. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sure it is. Maybe the in most, the World Cup. Most penalty goals in history, both men and women. In the World, World Cup. Cup. Yes. Yeah, the World Cup. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's um, the And uh, Courtney Vine mm-hmm. kicked the winning goal and the, the crowd, penal, penalty, sorry. And you wouldn't believe we're in the middle of New Zealand. Australia's kicked, you know, they've won this semi final, which they weren't expected to win. And the atmosphere just went crazy. Yeah. It was just, it was fabulous. Yeah, I and thought I, it was um, France we played, but I could be wrong. 
Oh, it could be. Hmm. Uh, we should know that. Sorry. We should, yeah. Sorry about that. Anyway. Well, we beat the Netherlands and we did beat France to, to, <laughs> to get there. So I think you are right. I think it was France. Yeah, because there was a guy with the French flag. That's what made me think of it. Yeah, and Stephen, that Stephen guy that I got, yeah. that was annoying the hell out of me. Yeah, okay. Trying to pinch his All flag. All right, let's, let's move on, shall we? We, we? I think it's time to talk about um, going skiing. Uh, we're going to start in Coronet Peak, yes? Yeah. As I mentioned before, we didn't rent a car, so for us to get to Coronet Peak, we had to catch, um, they had run a bus every half hour, which you, you make a booking on. So we were on a pretty early bus, weren't we? And it was still dark. Yeah, yeah. It was a 10-minute walk to the bus station in the dark. Um, Everything's a 10-minute walk, Bob. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> There's no, And that's probably the furthest you've got to walk. If Lyle says 15-minute walk, you know he's lying. Uh, yeah, it, 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 everything's so compact. So yeah, and we just showed our ski pass yep. uh, for the the, the bus drive in about twenty five minutes, and it drops you right outside the Coronet Peak Ski Hire, the main building there, or the main entrance, the main entrance there, and um, you go in and you just simply show. Well, I simply showed <laughs> my like, ski pass. That's at what the I ski said hire. to Lyle. Like, oh, it's it's that simple, is it? You have honestly the the work that went into putting everything on that card was was a lot more involved than what you think. Well, I'm sure you're going to tell us. Well, I, no, I might save that for another episode. But to just to say you you can go on the website and because we already had cards. Um, From previous visits. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a card, you can still get the stuff online and then you go and pick your card up from the reception area. Yeah, which the is administration. Opposite. There we go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we did have cards from a previous visit. So, but, you know, because there were eight people and eight children and we're all trying to work out how we can get the kids to the the day, the sort of ski schools and us, me to my lesson and you to your lessons and the boys with their ski passes, there was a, a fair bit of trying to figure out, you know, out of our week which three days and what, what sessions to do and all that sort of stuff. So in the end, I actually phoned a lady um, from the website and that was so helpful because you know she could see what everyone else had booked and we, we could do it all together but yes if it's pretty straightforward it is easy and you do so your wife hands you a card and says there you go honey it's so you know there's all your gear and everything hired and what you need and that's true you did give me the card mm -hmm. and I thought how efficient and effective <laughs> The whole system was. I thought it was brilliant. You just go in and you show Once the you guy, get on there, sure. and it's got it's got your size. It's got what you you know oh. what's uh, um, what you've paid for, really? and, and, it? and it was yeah, it was great. So I just went <laughs> up and did my got all my gear and that sort of stuff. And, and but uh, I I have to say though, and now look, if 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 you're not a even if you're not a skier, stick stick with us here because we do like Lyle's a good skier. I am a basic beginner. But, um, you know, I want to tell you about some, you know, like what's like at this place, even if, if you're not a skier. But we hadn't skied since 2019. And I have to say, I'd forgotten what a pain in the bum it is to try and get ready with, with getting your boots and your, oh, your gear on and walk. Oh, my gosh, trying to get your feet into those boots. And you think they're too small and you go back and they say, no, they're fine. And oh. I, think, I think putting on your ski gear is comparable to putting on scuba gear. Oh, look, it's, uh, and scuba, I'd, putting scuba gear on is a pain in the I arse. looked at Lyle and just thought, you know. Why like, are we doing why? this? I could be sitting having coffee on the lake, like honestly. But by day three, your boots are on, your gear's on, and you're, you know, it's 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 pretty it's pretty damn simple. So Yeah, yeah. but it's funny as you say, like 
to turn around by the third day, the boots aren't as uncomfortable. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether your foot molds to the boot or whatever, but yeah. It, yeah. It, it is what it is. But so, so one, once we got all the gear together and, and we're I always all get lost, a locker, a yeah, ten, we, yeah, ten there, there's locker. a there's a ten dollar um, mm. self serve locker mm. so that you can put any of your valuables or, or mm. things that you don't need to take out in the ski field. And um, yeah, I, so that that's that's well worth it. And, and so you reason- walk in at this level, and so yeah, as I was saying, so you got all the gear, you know, you got everyone getting your get your skis, and and then and then you're hobbling along with your skis. You have got your poles. You've got, I mean, you got your boot your boots on. You're hobbling along. You've got your skis. You've got your poles. You've got your helmet. You know, you're making sure you've got your pass and your zip, and you've got your phone in another zip, and you've got, got your gloves because you don't need them on yet. And then and then. You know, you got to walk upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm just about ready to, to to toss the whole lot. And as I said, and but get this, you walk up the stairs. There's sort of two flights of stairs. There is a lift, obviously. You can go up a lift somewhere, you know, and you end up out in the canteen. But if you go up the stairs, you basically I, I just couldn't believe it the first time. And every time I've been there, I still can't believe it. You walk out, and you're you, you basically look straight up a mountain, mm. a snow mountain. Like there's no sort of flat area or, um, you know, spot, you know, that you can sort of walk onto. If you walk, once you walk out those stairs, unless you turn right and head to the um, ski school, the ski schools, you're on the mountain and it's yeah. stunning. Yeah, it's it is this, nice. I don't know what the word for extra white is, but it is, it's glistening. Like when the sun's shining, on that white snow, it's it's like it's got glitter in it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit similar to what I say about the glistening of the water, the yeah. sun off the water, and yeah. you know. Uh, but isn't it? It is so- very similar. It's, it, it is beautiful, and then, and the views from there down over the lake. Oh yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Like even if you're not a skier, the the ski resorts that you, you can go to, and especially Coronet Peak, and I think my, Michaela, my daughter, was because um, she hasn't actually been up on the ski field before she was like blown away you know like you could just go up and down that um the kids magic carpet all day and you're looking back down over the most beautiful views you'll ever see like honestly i just it, i've been going to check out the photos um check out the link in this the podcast player listening in or just go to beachshow1.com episode 74 but okay that's enough of me raving on you want to tell us a bit about um, the ski field itself, this Coronet Peak one, the, you know, how big it is and all that sort of sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, just to, to, to rub it in, it was lucky, lucky Lyle and Leanne. The, the weather was absolutely beautiful the, yeah. the, the first day. Well, actually, the, the three days, mm. we were very, very lucky. The weather was perfect. Um, yeah, the, <coughs> excuse me. Um, look, there's uh, three chairlifts. There's one tea bar and four service lifts. There's two restaurants two bars there's as we said the rental department there's ski lessons and there's a tiny tots club and i'm going to tell you all about all about that skiing with kids lessons the daycare all that ski we land it's called all about that in in the next episode there's so much information there that um yeah we we just need to dedicate an episode to new zealand with or queenstown with kids so how how so there's so you're looking at uh elevation of 1649 meters Mm. Um, with yes. 462 meter, metres of vertical drop. Uh, there's 280 hectares of skiable terrain. So, look, it's pretty big, yeah. um, you know, compared to Australian ski fields. And that's quite high because, like, and if you're a bit 
sensitive to me heights and and driving going up in that bus the you know like you just got to concentrate on the views <laughs> you can imagine going up the side of a mountain how beautiful the views are from there as well and that's going to be for me a theme all throughout our new zealand series is the views you're just never going to not hear us talk about that now as far as uh i think probably um i would suggest that coronet peak is the best mountain for beginners um it's well, probably, yeah. Uh, best, um, mainly because of the – and the ski schools, mm. and they're so well organised. Yeah. Seriously, they're, they're just brilliant the way yeah. they, they operate it. And um, now I'll give you the, the, the prices at the time. Mm. A full day pass is $159. A twilight pass was $159. Uh, now, people usually do the twilight pass because there's less – Views, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's better. Uh, night ski pass is 79 and the ski school is 159 Now, the best value I saw was intro to snow, three days, $549, and that includes lift passes, lessons, and the equipment rental, and that's mm -hmm. what you and yeah, Michaela did. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next time yeah. too. But those prices you're talking about is only the lift pass. You Unless you have your own gear, which not many people do, you might have your, some of your own clothes, um, you have to hire um, oh, the skis, clothes skis, everything on top of that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought the the, no. the equipment rental was only with the lessons. Yeah, only with the lessons. Were well, you getting lessons? Yes, but these passes, you know, the oh, okay, the same. other ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's true. Yes. but yeah, with the lesson, that's why I reckon mm. it's fabulous value. I agree. Now, Lyle did say two restaurants, two bars. It's actually all in the one big building, and um, uh, now we had um, Phoebe. Um, come up with uh, the littlest one, little grandchild. She was only one. Obviously, Phoebe wasn't skiing. She had, and she was too young to go into the daycare section. But, you know, like it's such a big, open, um, warm place and you can see out to the snow. You can actually go out into this little area where the kids can actually play in the snow. So there's so much happening and, and going on and, you know, you can go in and out all day if you want to visit, you know, like just have a break and, and go in and, you know, they've got coffee, you know, and then they've got mulled wine, they've got every, everything there. So um, it's not just like a restaurant, it's like a big open air sort of um, indoor area basically. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, look, it's, mm. yeah, absolutely. And mm. and one of the one of my favourite things to do while having a beer is, especially if you finish skiing a bit early, is watch people come off their skis and fall over and roll down hills. Oh. So, you know, I thought that was quite, that's a lot of fun. So I guess we've told everybody about, you know, how we had trouble getting our gear on and all, all the bits and pieces about getting there and, and what it looks like. Um, but we had a couple of lessons and, and I booked you into a, a lesson. So um, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, my instructor's uh, was Fred from the UK. Uh, he just got his citizenship for Canada, and he lived in Whistler. Um, my classmates were Michael from the Netherlands and Tom from Brisbane. Um, we did a couple of warm up runs on the green chairlift, uh, then on to the big chairlift up to the top of the mountain. Uh, Fred was, you know, he was mainly just focusing on the the technique. Unfortunately, I fell over getting off the chairlift. Like an old was that the first time? The first uh, one you went up and you fell the, over the first time. The, yeah, on the first chairlift, on the on the big on the one to the go to the top of the mountain, oh, I'm right at the top of the mountain. <laughs> and and I've been skiing for years. I bet the others are thinking, oh no. I've been I've been skiing for probably forty oh, years. Oh, grandpa. <laughs> so yeah, and I was by far the oldest. And uh, yeah, I've and I've 
like I never fall off the chair. And I, I think maybe what happened was there was a snowboarder beside oh, of me. Of course, yep. And maybe they, you know. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is I fell over, I was, and mm. my skis had crossed over. Mm. And if you can imagine this, they're in the air. So the, so I've fallen over. They've had to move me from in front of the chairlift because people are still coming oh off. Oh, my God. And I've, I've got my legs in the air and my skis are crossed and I just can't get up. I just I couldn't move because the, the snow was quite soft this year, wasn't it? Yeah, and the so, snow was beautiful. And so the b- bottom of your skis are buried in snow, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, so that was very embarrassing, and so the the instructor and and the operator of the lift had to help me to get up. So that was a, that that was a little bit disappointing. And mm. and actually, you had a bit of a fall. That is not true. I was knocked over. And <laughs> okay. I was. I was. I was knocked over. But I'm going to talk about that in another. Um, Oh, okay, okay, with your daughter. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, because um, yeah, I didn't fall over. I've never fallen over. I've been knocked over. All right. Let's, yeah. Let's so that so that was the first of my falls. Yeah. And then the the second of my falls, I think, was the second run yeah. up to the top. And um, and I, 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 you know, before I fell, I thought I was doing really well. I was, I was cleaning the other two up. Mm. But yeah, unfortunately, I I fell again, and I couldn't believe it. I was right down the bottom of the mm. run. And oh, so someone else could have been sitting watching you. I, I laughing, and they they'd be pissing themselves. Actually, it's quite quite funny. So anyway, I'm trying to get up, and I've I've got a crook shoulder that. Um, anyway, another I long have. story. <laughs> and um, I forgot that I had a crook shoulder, so I'm trying to use my arms uh, to push myself up on my yeah. stocks, and it just the pain just went through me. So that was I was I was gone Spat for the, the day. So. I turn around and uh, well, I was supposed to ski the afternoon uh, back at the ski yeah, lesson, yeah. but I went back to them and to be perfectly honest, um, I didn't want to hold the other two guys up mm. because of me keeping on oh, And it's exhausting. Yeah, it is. T- yeah, anyway, anyway so I went. So then um, we'd had lunch uh, with the family. Yeah, we sat outside. They've got like a lovely big outdoor area. I love sitting there. I yeah, mean, yeah. You can yeah. see, I don't know how many slopes you can see all coming down. Like it's, it, and the chairlifts going up. I, I, I could sit there all day. I love it. Yeah. And uh, having Corona. We had a pizza and Corona for yeah. the first day. And uh, there's a, there's two sections. There's one sort of takeaway. One, one's, yeah, takeaway, grab and go. And then there's the other one, which is the pizza, four to five ovens. Mm and it's got uh, more substantial meals. But, yeah, so that was – so I thought um, I would then uh, maybe have a ski with uh, your eldest, yeah, Jake so, and Chris, yeah, and so, your son-in-law, Chris. Yeah, so Jake was there skiing and yeah, son-in-law. So um, – and that Jake's a pretty good skier and Chris is a pretty good snowboarder. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They, they were they, – they're very good. Mm. Uh, there's no question but about that. But you were only going to do one or two runs and what happened? Look, I was because I uh, my shoulder was start to ache, and but um, as it turned out, as it got to about two thirty, the cues really started to drop off. So I did, you know, I don't know, maybe three or four runs mm. more than I thought I was going to do. But then I thought by three thirty, I was shattered. So I thought I'm going to get rid of this gear and I'm going to go and have a beer and wait for Leonita in the bar, and which you know, I did. And and the the process of getting your gear on and getting up the stairs is actually, I think, worse <laughs> after you're tired getting down the stairs and getting your gear off, you know, trying to get those 
boots off and you know oh man it's um it's it, what a relief though at the end of the day well, I'll, give, I'll give everybody a tip <laughs> probably you know experienced skiers probably like have, do, uh, know this but um it's only taken me 40 years of skiing to realize that um you should always uh do up the bottom clip first when and you're putting it on when you're putting it on and undo the bottom clip first before you take that off because yeah. a, a young attendant came up when I was having trouble and I told you that and looked at me <laughs> like I was a real deal. So, um, you, yeah, so you dump your gear and it's, it's, um, it's such a relief and you've got the locker there and um, you, you grab your gear and you head up to the bar, right? You look and, yeah, look, you're glad to get the gear off but at the same time you're walking up the stairs to go to the bar and you're thinking what a great day you've had. Oh, sure. You're yeah. like you're on cloud night, you've had a good day. All right, I'm on a hold my shoulder. There's nothing like a ski day. Yeah, sure. it's so, yeah, I loved it. And uh, so it wasn't long until Leanne uh, and the guys, like Jake, uh, and they had to pick up the kids from the ski. Yep, and, and we finished our lesson, so we came in as well. Um, yeah. So, so uh, Jake uh, had offered us a, a lift home in uh, the hired Tesla. Tesla. Tesla, and mm -hmm. that was very, very nice. So if, here's just another quick thing. We got the bus up, so it takes you right to the front door. If you drive up, you know, the car parks, I don't know how many, there's about seven or eight different car parks on different levels. So they fill them up and then the next one goes. But it doesn't matter because whichever car park you're in, there's shuttle bus running like two or three all the time. So, yep. you know, you, you hop off. You might wait five, ten minutes for the shuttle bus to come back and, they, you know, because people then got to put their gear in, the, you know, their skis that they're bringing and all that sort of stuff. So so therefore you've got to get the, the shuttle bus back down as well. One thing I did want to say before we move on is... Um, you know how we hide a locker, mm -hmm. right? I actually noticed there was a lot, like literally hundreds of backpacks sitting around upstairs in the, in, in the outdoor area. And it, obviously it's a it's a, such a safe culture to do that, you know. And, and I'm thinking next time, you know, maybe because, you know, you've generally got your phone and your credit card with you, you probably don't have to have a locker unless you have, like we did some, you know, like boots and that sort of thing. Um but not everyone did have a locker, which and, and that's good because a lot of people call back and they call in and get themselves snacks and things, you know, especially when you've yeah. got kids. So, yeah, I just I thought that was a nice... Yeah, the yeah. honesty culture in yeah. the ski fields. Yeah, it, it was pretty obvious, actually, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Have you got anything else you want to say about Coronet Peak before we move on? No. No. Oh, no. <laughs> sure? Well, I'm just looking when then it was home for dinner. As you can imagine, a full day skiing, um, or like you did, falling on your butt, um, builds up an appetite i'm not sure why you had to bring that up but yeah look and also your thirst and i've got to say that um well that's true yeah leanne scolded me uh for buying a taylor's uh adelaide hills pinot yeah, so noir buy a nice, nice pinot noir for, for dinner for dinner yeah. and uh and taylor's adelaide hills pinot noir is a nice one but it wasn't from central otago so i got scolded and basically got told not to do that again and I took that on board. I didn't That's fair do it enough again. though, right? You yeah, go all yeah. the way to the most amazing pin on my area in the world and you buy a Australian wine. Anyway, the good thing about it was when we got when we got to, to Jake and Phoebe's apartment, uh, Jake was handing out the cold beers. So yes. we had a beer with all the family. And then we just got Uber Eats in and we had... Um, kebabs or something, wasn't Yeah, it? kebabs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't eat out a lot this week because, you know, we were so tired and we had all the family and all the kids. And Yeah, um, well, it's, it's pretty hard to take eight adults and eight kids out to dinner. Sure. I, you know, I get that. Um, look, the kebab was fine. It was about 46 bucks for both of them. Hmm. Um, 
and but we were very hungry we were very hungry and um we we, we slept very well i think yeah we did we <laughs> in did in our nice warm apartment yeah and, the heated floors all, and all yeah. the rest of it and we actually probably sat in front of the fire for a little bit and just or the artificial flames, and it was very nice. You can actually see, um, you know, because Jake's my oldest son and he's there with his wife and four kids, and from their apartment, you know, which wasn't far from ours but it was up the next level, they had a beautiful mountain view and you could see Coronet Peak sort of in the background of, of that as well. Which yeah. Is, yeah. It's just, once again, you're going to hear that, as I said, views, 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 views. Yeah, yeah. well, and also the, the, that was um, the, 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 the main mountain there was where the gondola went up yeah. and you could see... The lights and... Well, not only the lights, but during the day, there was just the turn, you know, the turnover of just people doing that tandem hang gliding. Mm, yeah, yeah. It looked like a lot of fun, didn't it? Yeah. All right, so we've talked about Coronet Peak, yes, and yeah. so um, I did say at the beginning we were going to talk about four different ski resort areas and tell you, you know, which ones are good for beginners and advanced and that, that sort of thing. Um, so Remarkables, that's the, that's the next closest to... Um, to Queenstown, yes? Yeah, yeah. You look, the Remarkables. The, it. Yeah, it's called the Remarkables. Just a quick uh, side note here. The Remarkables is where if anyone has watched Lord of the Rings and who hasn't, uh, where they filmed a lot of that um, series in New Zealand. So it's that sort of terrain and, and views and, you know, just stunning mountains, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, you've also got the look, you know, to, to look back over the lake and that sort mm. of thing. Look, the again, all the uh, my the my pass, the mm. ski pass works at um, Remarkable as well. That's it's it. only just it's about forty five minutes from um, Central uh, Queenstown, and you just catch the the bus at the same place nice. that yep. you catch the bus to Coronet Peak. Once again, you can drive, and we've driven up there, and um, well, when we've driven, we've been passengers. It's a bit windier because it's a bit higher, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's uh, the uh, elevation is uh, nineteen hundred and forty-three mm. meters. Whereas Coronet's about sixteen hundred, you said. Yeah, so it's yeah. About another three hundred meters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has a three hundred and eighty-five hectares of skiable terrain, which is a little bit more than mm -hmm. Coronet uh, Peak as well, and uh, with a vertical drop of four sixty-eight meters. Mm. Um, it. Like uh, Coronet Peak, it does have extensive state-of-the-art snow-making machines. Yeah. Now, the Remarkables has more green runs and more double diamond black runs, so it's good if you are a beginner like me. or uh, to a beginner to intermediate or very advanced. Like you. Well, I'm not very advanced <laughs> because I've already said I fell on my ass and I couldn't get up. <laughs> Um, but maybe that's because Actually, of my, that's probably because should, of my way, my should, age, sorry. Maybe we should say here, you know, like, and sorry we left it so late if you're listening saying what the hell are you talking about colours. If you're not a skier um, and you've never skied before, then I understand. Like, you, you, basically you have nursery slopes where, where everyone does their, you know, their um, where they start learning then the beginner level is green. So they actually give these ski runs ratings. So you can have a look at the map and see what's suitable for you. So green is beginners. Yeah. Yep. And two intermediate. Yeah. Um, blue is sort of um, upper immediate to advanced. Yeah. And then black. Yeah. Then, no, then you've got red. And oh, then red. 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 Oh, red. okay. And that's, you know, basically experience. And it goes on to black, which, which is, is like Olympic experts. level or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah so. But it's interesting. I remember when we were in, we actually did a trip to Japan and we in the, we did a snow trip there. And they in, in Japan they give you the the inclination percentage. I know, right? Right, and uh, I reckon in Japan the uh, 
the they call uh, the blue runs green runs because yeah. you of well, you are terrified. Right. Well, Wayne, who we were travelling with, said, you know, this is a green run, you know, it's only 11%. And I said, yeah, but look at that blue and red one, they're 11% too. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, I, I do, I just, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't have that up. I, I just to, remember that's what I have it was to like. say, though, when it comes to skiing, green's my favourite colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, Coronet Peak has a No, bit, Remarkables, right? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> Um, Coronet Peak has a better selection of long blue runs and red runs. So um, Remarkables has four chairlifts and four surface lifts. The Remarkables has a bigger beginner slope, but the beginner slope at uh, Coronet Peak are tucked away more so you don't have to worry about other skis flying past. So what what Lyle's saying is that Coronet Peak, you know, got the nursery slopes and it's completely separate from the other, um, the main ski runs, whereas at Remarkables, um, you know, you've got the magic carpet, which is like a, you know, like you're on a giant conveyor belt. Yeah, and that's covered in. Yeah, it's, 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 that's right. It's covered tunnel and it's really nice going up there. And then you can either go left or right. They're both nursery slopes. But those nursery slopes are right at the bottom of, a lot of the major um, yeah, that's things. right. So, yeah. yeah, so, so and they all come into a bowl. Yes. So all the advanced ones, all the you yes. know, so basically you... the variety of the runs, mm. they all finish in the bowl. Yeah. So I um, didn't ever find that a problem, but I think you loved the remarkable. Yeah, I did. I, I thought it was you didn't great. want to go home. No, I didn't want to go home. But I think obviously the the more advanced skiers know how to get around us slow beginners. So yeah, it also has a nice cafe area there at Remarkables. Yeah. Um, you know, quite about the same size as Coronet. So, you know, it's got the standard, you know, pizza, hamburgers, you know, the, the cafe-type food, some some nicer meals. Of course, cold beer, glass of wine, the mulled yeah, wine. Yeah, bowl of hot soup, yeah, you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. another good spot where you can sit and watch, you know, if you're a non-skier, where you can sit and watch the action from the cafe, which yes. I've done several times as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But what it doesn't have, and that's why we didn't go with the, the kids, is it doesn't have the... The Skiwi Land, the childcare there, um, which is what they have at Coronet. Um, yeah. Now yeah. The, the 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 Remarkables generally has better snow conditions than Coronet Coronet Peak. Well, it's higher. Yeah. Well, and because it's... the Remarkables is in a valley yeah. that protects the snow from sun and wind, which is you okay, know, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's what that is, and the fact that it is higher. So, yeah, and you can get there, as we said, by bus, or you, you can drive as well. So, yeah, it's now, easy to get to, and it's not as you said, it's not that far, is it? I no, no, no. It's it's. Uh, I think it's about um, forty five minutes in yeah. the bus, yeah. so it's not far. Yeah, mm. forty five minutes in the bus. So mm. now the other thing is, uh, I really haven't had much experience with this, but when I was talking to Stephen, who I'd met at the mm. the Pig and Whistle, was that the yeah. name of the pub? And he was, I said, you know, where are you skiing? He said, oh, we do heli skiing. Right. Now, there is heli skiing at both Coronet Peak and um, Remarkables. Remarkables. And basically they, you know, they fly her up. And the, This is for all our heli skier listeners out yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> so, so basically what they do is they take her up and, and they will drop you off with an experienced skier oh, if you need okay. it. You can yeah. actually get a guide yeah. or you can do it by yourself depending. And you've basically right up the top you've got the fresh snow you don't need to line up queue up for the lifts or anything they just drop you off and you pick your own run mm. so i definitely wouldn't be going to do that no, at but all if you're experienced what an ex- that'd be amazing. Oh, it'd be fabulous so, so I, the quick prices for those that mm. uh, are listening that might be interested a four a four run day is 1185 
a six-run day is 13.45, and a seven-run day is 14.45. Now, I can just imagine, I can't imagine, but, I'm, you know, like I felt amazing after a day on the greens, beginners and green slopes, and you just feel like, look at me, I'm a scare, I'm one of the team. You know, I was, I was exhilarated, but imagine being doing oh, sure, that. Like, sure. It would well, just must be the ultimate high, the ultimate thrill, the ultimate, you know, adrenaline rush, oh, I look, this, I Look, some, one of the things that I, I love to watch is uh, the, the skiing and snowboarding uh, videos, mm. and generally those... Uh, th- those are taken when people have been dropped on the top of a mountain by and, a yeah, helicopter. Yeah, that's true, and you can see that and, making the And you just see the beautiful, beautiful blue sky <clears> contrasted <throat> against the white snow, and these guys just going through powder up to their hips. Yeah. And it's shit. Oh, look, you know, I think it would be the ultimate, but um, yeah. I don't think I'm good enough. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the Remarkables, another really great ski resort. One of the uh, other little places around uh, Queenstown that everybody loves and uh, is a little city called Wanaka and it's sort of known as and I'm sorry for the the people that live there and don't agree but like a a smaller version of Queenstown yeah and just like Queenstown has the Remarkables and Coronet Peak as the close ski fields uh, Wanaka has uh, two ski fields that are close to it and we're going to talk about those but you're going to tell us a little bit about Wanaka first aren't you? Yeah. yeah, look, Wanaka's got some of the most expensive real estate in New Zealand. Uh, and the reason for that is there's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, celebrities and ex, you know, all blacks and that sort of thing. So you've got, you've got to remember that these places, you know, like uh, I know I keep saying it, but you, uh, you're just going to have to look at the pictures. It is, there's nothing about this place that isn't stunningly beautiful. And you can imagine, like, I don't like the cold. I've lived in a cold climate. I hated it, but you could live here because it's just, mind-bogglingly stunning yeah it's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's so, why these people live there you go there once and you're just like oh hello yeah and yeah. they don't and, and obviously they don't want the crowds of queenstown you know yeah. so so um yeah so wanaka is a, a resort town on new zealand's south island obviously it's set on the southern end of its namesake lake wanaka with views of snow-capped mountains it's a gateway to the southern alps mount aspiring national park a wilderness of glaciers, beach forests, and alpine lakes. Mm. So we're going to talk about glaciers in, a, in yeah. another podcast. Now, but, how to yeah. get to Wanaka? Yeah. Wanaka is 68.5K from uh, Queenstown? Queenstown via uh, Cardrona uh, Valley Road and Crown Range Road just over an hour by car. This short journey can easily be turned into one epic road trip if you stop along the way and take in the spectacular views. Mm. Yeah, just all the way along. It's look, amazing. Uh, yeah, look, if you drive the Crown Range Road from Queenstown to mm. Wanaka, it can be somewhat dangerous during bad weather when it's snowy more winter or months, yeah. during mm. heavy rain. For this reason, drive carefully and always carry snow change during the winter months. Actually, the Crown Range Road is the highest main road at 1,120 metres above sea level. So, yeah. yeah it's um, it's going to be high and windy. Okay, but yeah. there's a safer, there's yes, a safer there one. Yes, yeah. uh, Driving the slightly yeah. longer route through Cromwell. Yeah, which and is that's a, a wine area. Hello. Yeah, yeah, and it's a beautiful <laughs> little town. Yeah. Via Highway 6 is the safer way to go in the winter months. Mm. Um, now, if you haven't got a car, <clears throat> the intercity operates a regular bus from Queenstown to Wanaka 
The bus leaves Queenstown at Athol Street and arrives in Wanaka at the log cabin on the lakefront. Yeah, it's about up. an hour. Yeah, it, it takes approximately now. No, it's an hour and forty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, yeah. for the for to catch the bus to uh, from Queenstown to Wanaka. It's so, a little bit far for a day trip. Yeah, it is a little bit far for a day trip. And look, to be honest, with the when we get into Cadrona and um, Treble Cone, and we talk about uh, how you get there, how you get there, it's pretty limited uh, the shuttle Probably, services. Yeah. So you really do probably need a car if you're not going to be in Queenstown. Yeah, yeah if you're not yeah. going to be in Queenstown. All right. Yeah. So let's go and talk about Cadrona. Okay. So, yeah, you, Wanaka, like, as I said, it's a smaller Queenstown area, you know, or lots of the accommodation, beautiful lake that you can, um, I know, uh, get an e-bike. You know, some friends have done that. You can walk around the lake. The oh, that's right, Wayne and yeah, Annie. Yeah. Uh, not Wayne, Wayne and Julie. Julie. The, the restaurants and cafes and all that sort of stuff. So it's yeah, not isolated. Did, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a beautiful spot. Look, yeah. All you've got to do is go on and put into the, your search engine, bloody Wanaka, uh, and you just the, the first. Or you go to um, oh, of course, Beach Travel Wine uh, podcast episode seventy four, or click on the link in the podcast listing you're listening on to see the photos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, that's, uh, that, that's all right. A failure Let's go. Yeah. Okay. The, so the ski field ranges Cardrona. We're yeah, doing, this aren't is Cardrona from. Mm. 1260 meters to 1860 meters so not quite as high as the remarkables no, no. The, okay. the distribution of slow of uh, slopes 20 yep. percent beginners 25 percent intermediate 30 percent advanced and 25 percent okay. expert that's pretty um well yeah. spread out isn't it now the vertical drop is uh, higher than uh the queenstown field so that's 600 meters when uh, you say vertical drop that's sort of from the highest to the lowest. Is yeah, that what you're it's a, yeah, okay. but, but basically, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the the longest drop. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the list system has five chairlifts and two magic carpets, which are basically yeah, conveyor belts for beginner yeah, skiers. Beginners. Uh, the skiable area is four hundred and sixty-five hectares. Cadrona is great for beginners with its mm. wide open slopes and. Yeah. Gondola, um, which is a, a combination lift of gondola cabins and chairs, making it easier for first-time skiers mm. and snowboarders to ride to the top of the mountain on their first day. What do you? What are they? Gondola. Uh, well, basically, what gondola. They, what they call <laughs> a, a, a gondola is what normally, yeah. but they spell this oh. a C H O N. D O L A, yeah, a chondola, which is I think it's just like a, a chairlift mixed with a gondola. Correct. Uh, so and it's like a chairlift that's covered. Is that what I just said? <laughs> no, I you said. I, you I, know. Hang on, let me read this again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, no, you did A combined say that. <laughs> lift of gondola cabins and chairs making yeah, so a chondola. A chondola. Okay. There yeah, we go. That's yeah, that's I've been learning Spanish, and chondola C H in Spanish doesn't say on C H, so. That's why I'm going condola. I know, you just that. Yeah, anyway. anyway, I'm a dickhead. Uh, a ca um, Cadrona <laughs> is 35K uh, from Wanaka, Wanaka approximately yep. 40 minutes. The resort is located at the top of a 14-kilometre long unsealed access road. Yeah, that's a long way. Both Crown Ridge Road and the Cadrona Mountain Road can be affected by snowfall. And it's got a nice sort of cafe area as well, you know, like a timber structure and an outdoor area where you can sit and you um you know so it's 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 not as big as remarkables or or um coronet peak but 
but um, yeah, it's 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 perched right on the side of the mountain with with amazing views once again. Sure. Now, Cadrona uh, Resort offers a shuttle service once a day with three pick up points in Wanaka. So, so you pick up in Wanaka and at once at one time, and it's, it, there's three different spots that it'll it'll can, pick up okay. in Wanaka, and yeah. then and then basically. You know, you've got to be ready to catch it on the way back as back, well. Yeah, so again, that probably just really indicates that... A um, lot of people drive. Well, a lot of people drive, and, and also the fact that it's probably a lot less busy than mm. um, uh, Coronet Peak and the Remarkables, which mm. for keen skiers, yeah. that's that's perfect. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they'll, they're willing to drive yeah. so that they don't have to queue. The last ski resort we're going to tell you all about today is called Treble Cone. Yeah, calling all intermediate and yeah. advanced skiers and snowboarders. So Treble Cone. not really for me. Yeah. No, is the ski field for you with 45% intermediate runs and another 45% advanced. Treble Cone is best suited to those with experience. Well, I'm an experienced beginner. <laughs> yeah, you are, actually. You really are. Actually, you've got no idea how, uh, how true that is. But anyway, every time I go skiing, I say, "Oh no, I'm just a beginner. I've only skied like no, I haven't skied before." And I go right back to the beginning and start again. Yeah, but you're happy. I know it's my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, you are, you yeah. are, you are. Yeah. yeah. So travel cone is a 35 minute drive from Wanaka as well. Mm-hmm. So they're both both about the same. They're both about the same distance. Mm. The ski area is 550 hectares. That's big. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. which is a I think it's one thousand three hundred fifty nine acres. Uh, the vertical drop is seven hundred. Wow! So that's okay. okay. No wonder it's popular. Yeah, then. the longest run is four kilometers. Oh. See, I've spoken to some of the ski instructors and people at the that uh, that we met at Coronet, you know, and they love treble cone. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the summit elevation is two thousand eighty eight meters. Wow! Yeah, so it's 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 huge, but there's only one six seater express. Mm. Uh, lift. There's uh, another quad chair lift, and that's uh, that's the highest. That uh, the top of that finishes at 1960 meters. Yeah. And there's just one platter lift, which is like a pommel lift, which is you just pull it down, yeah. put it yeah. between your legs, and it pulls you up the the thing. So and I think this, there's not that many lifts there. This um, it's well, it's probably the runs are a bit like when you're in Japan. You can go any which way, maybe sure. and end up at the bottom, but this being the highest, um, I like all of these ski resorts have stunning views, but this one is probably has the best views. Like, oh my gosh, the because of the height um, and the sheer drop down to the lakes, and, oh, really beautiful. This one, yeah. Yeah, look, um, it's facilities. It's got snow sports school. Mm-hmm. It's got a child centre, and they they look after kids from three months to five years. Uh, snowboard and ski rentals, uh, the, like everywhere else, the cafe yeah. and bar. Yep, another um, really nice area. That, you know, sit, they have the outside seating as well as inside. Sure. Uh, rental, uh, they've got the rental shop, the ski mm-hmm. patrol and the medical centre. Treble Cone is the largest ski area in the South Island, boasting the longest vertical rise in the Queenstown Southern Lakes districts. Mm. Now, um look it's just obvious it's for the more advanced yeah skiers. yeah well, know, that's, it's, it's as simple as that um but it certainly does have the best views so you know if okay, you're a good then, skier go and go and have a look um what, what i keep saying though like when we talk about all these places i keep saying that there's outdoor eating areas uh you know at the resorts and that might sound like a really ridiculous thing to say but i love sitting outside 
you know, if, if it's not raining, obviously. I just, it's nice to be indoors where it's warm. However, I know there's just something about sitting at a table with a cold beer after you've skied all morning and you, you're out in the action, you're still watching people and oh, it's well, just right. a real camaraderie, isn't there? Yeah, like I, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. So that's why I like the outdoor area to um, to sit and have a drink. Well, yeah, yeah, and we were really lucky again. We like we had perfect weather every mm. time we went up the mountain. So mm. to turn around, you know, Bob, and, and you know, the later you can leave lunch, probably the better, because when people people start going for lunch about twelve thirty, so if you can hold out to about one thirty two o'clock, mm. that's better. If you've got grandkids, you can, obviously can't do that. But well, um, I can. I'm not looking after them. Well, you are. <laughs> but they do. The lessons all have the same lunch break. Yeah. So, but you know, mm. if you were up there by yourselves, mm. but look, you know, if you get it the days like we had, the beautiful blue sky and the blue sky. Mm. Contrast against that Wouldn't pure white snow. Eh? Oh look, I I love it. I yeah. and I, I do. do. And you and you're sitting there and you're probably getting into a lamb burger and having a Corona and and you're looking up and you're watching people almost out of control coming down the well, mountain. You think they are? How are they going to yeah, stop? Yeah. Well, not? some of them do. They might join me for lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> of them, they look like they're going to end up on top of you. But yeah, look, it's, it's a magical a ski holiday. Is to me is my favourite holiday. Yeah. And this one was one of my favourites. Yeah, now there is transport. Can I say why it was one of my favourites? Absolutely. Well, and we're going to talk about this more in the, the following episodes, but because I was there with um, all my children and all my grandchildren, it was a very special ski holiday. So anyway. The clan. The clan. There the we go. The clan, yeah. What, so what are we going to say about getting there? Oh, look, you can get, there is a free shuttle from Monica up to, Bo, yeah. uh, to Triple Cone. But you can't book this one. No, 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 that's a, yeah, it's, and this on, it's the yeah, first right. in best dress. Yeah, it's uh, it runs, but it, and it only runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You'd be cheesed off if you got up at you know, yeah, and <laughs> um, it's it goes from the showgrounds at Wanaka and it uh leaves at 7 estimated time of arrival at 8 30 at Treble Cone, mm. and on the way home, it's um, it leaves at four fifteen. Estimated time of arrival back at Wanaka is five o'clock, just in time for a drink. Um, transport is free, but yeah, first come, first serve. Fair enough. So, too. how what, what do they what do they just leave you up on the mountain if you well, no, I guess the only ones that went up the mountain on the bus are the ones that come back. There'd be more sure. going up in the morning, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. anyway, let's that's, that's so, fair. So, enough. they're the four ski fields. Before we finish off the, the podcast, though, we want to talk about um, you know, a few other things that, that you can do. It's like in summer because. You know, like it used to be Queenstown was really only for winter sports, but now it's um, massive in summer as well, isn't it? Yeah, they it? reckon it's, like I've heard, and don't quote me, they reckon it's 10 times busier in summer than it is in winter. Oh, I'm going to so, quote you on that. Lyle says. Yeah, okay, so there's there's lots and lots of cycle paths. The Queenstown Trail, six theme trails that run for 130 kilometres around mm. the region. Uh, cruise along uh, beside Lake Waka Tipu. I'd love to do that. Uh, work up an appetite on your climb to Arrowtown. Hmm. And we went to Arrowtown, but that's yep. in another that's, um, another story. Another story. Or wind your way through the vineyards into Gibston. Hmm. You can all you can also get e bike e bike tours, book hmm. a guided bike tour, or arrange a bike shuttle to pick you up at the end of your ride. Uh, it's really ideal for the wineries. Yep. And when we did that winery tour, which we'll again we'll talk about, there was people yep. uh, doing the, the bike tours, mm -hmm. uh, the electric bike tours. But what, I guess what we're trying to say is in summer, you know, a lot of these uh, mountains, when the snow melts, there's 
you know, like kilometres and kilometres of hiking tracks. You can do just short hikes. There's multi-day hikes that you can do. There's the mountain biking that you can do. Mountain biking is absolutely huge. And you said heli mountain biking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do heli mountain biking, same same as the ski. So they drop you like at the top because I think, you know, because there's also facilities for you to take chairlifts up with your yeah. bike, yeah. right, and come down the the, yeah. the, the trails. But That's obviously if you just want to go to the top, the same as skiing from the top, yeah. you can actually get helicopters to take you up there. Yeah. I, 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 would, I can't imagine how many helicopter pilots there must be <laughs> In bloody Queensland. Well, that's a, that's a topic for another day as well. But yeah. so there's there's all those amazing sort of summer things, and I I I would love to do something like that. Maybe not a multi day hike, but just walking through that um, nature, those landscapes. You know, like it, there's even just some simple ones around Lake Wakatipu in in Queenstown. So it's not just for winter sports, even though that's what we're talking about. And skiing. don't forget yes. what water rafting. Oh, okay. There is no way no I would ever do that. But I've seen videos of it yeah. and, like, I, the, the, the water would be too cold for me for a start. I know. And, and I'm a bit of a sook when it comes to that. But so. you can whitewater raft in winter as well, but you can't do the, the mountain biking and the hiking. I've only ever done whitewater rafting once, mm. and I think calling it whitewater rafting would be an exaggeration, and I lost my wedding ring. That's not whitewater rafting, but once again. That, that was that's, in Mossman uh, Gorge. You waffle, don't you? Let's, let's anyway. go back to the what I want to finish with. Okay. Can we yeah. finish now? Yeah, go okay. for it. All right. We, what I said earlier in, in the podcast is uh, Queenstown, this area, is now the, the one of the things that it's most popular for. It used to be skiing, and now it's mountain biking and hiking. But now there's one thing that's taken over as the most popular reason for people visiting this area. And we were like, really? And it is golf. Yeah, yeah. Golf is massive. Now, on and the, we've even got on, it from several sources. Even on the plane going over, we're like, oh, you're skiing, snowboarding, and go, oh, I'm golfing. You're like, what? And then, you know, we, we spoke to some of the, the tours and things we did and they're, and they're saying, you know, the golf golfing's just gone mad and you can see that when you get off the plane people have used to be picking up their snowboards they're now picking up their golf clubs um and they're building golf courses you know all over place they even yeah. have the um the new zealand international um, yeah the new, and, the new zealand open golf open, open. Sorry, yeah, yeah yeah and they've got uh, the, the the probably the best known championship courses are jack's point yep the hills and Millbrook Resort. Yeah, and our friend Susie went and played at Millbrook. She's taken up golf, so she's yeah. another one of the statistics. She wouldn't go skiing, but she's there to golf. Uh, yeah. There are six excellent Queenstown golf courses within twenty-minute drive of the city so centre. So that's you know, it's not it's what just had fifteen thousand people live there, and they've got six golf courses. And we know when we did, um, you know, went in, into the wine area. One of the big wineries is now selling off some of their land, and they're building a big country club where there's yeah. a massive big golf course coming in. Yeah. They're now building retirement. So that's Gibson Valley, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they're building retirement village there at um, Arrowtown and they're putting a big golf course in. So, you know, it's now going to be known as the, the golfing capital of, you know, the world. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we so, won't be going for golf though, will we? No. no. I was never very, I was hopeless. <laughs> I, I just couldn't hit the ball. No. Oh, well, never mind. Okay, darling. So we've, we've covered a lot of snow fields, you know, um, in this podcast. Yeah. But, you know, the question is, where was your favourite place to have a glass of wine? 
or Ooh, a cold beer. On the snowfields? Well, in this podcast where we've been, this one. Oh, probably sitting uh, outside at lunchtime at Coronet Peak. Yeah. That would have to be it, you know. Yeah. You know, you you with your boys and, you know, and the kids. And, and my and girl everything. now, she was skiing with me this time. Sure, too. yeah, absolutely, Michaela. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look at... Uh, There's nothing like it. And even if you're not a skier, just sit there and be part of that atmosphere. You can have a mulled wine, a cold beer. It's, you know, there's people all around you. There's families. There's, you know, young people skiing. There's people even older than us. And it's just... Not many. A few. But not many, no. It's just there's something, I don't know, indescribable about doing that. And I, I hope I will, even if I give up skiing, I hope I'll go up there just to sit and watch and, and, and be part of the... It's like a tribe, part of a team. Yeah, yeah? yeah I, I would suggest that I thought your smile was painted on um the entire time we're in the ski fields with your family uh, family yeah, yeah. No. you were in nana heaven i was yes snow nana heaven well done thank you so much for all that great information and i hope our listeners have enjoyed that but make sure you, you come back because we've got um a few more episodes where we're talking about all sorts of fun stuff where you know we're going to be talking about i'm gonna um i've got a guest host coming up and we're going to be talking about, you know, being in Queenstown, this area with children and all the things you can do there that are different. And Lyle and I, I we did a bucket list item, which I can't wait to share. And, of course, there's also lots of wine and lots of other fun things. So, yeah. We and just, and just a, a day about, and you know, in and about Queenstown. Queenstown yeah, yeah, which we actually start to think it's probably the perfect holiday destination. Yeah, look, it is amazing. <laughs> all right. It's goodbye from me. See you later.